Welcome to the Ballroom Podcast, where we dive into everything NBA basketball as well as everything IU basketball. We are recording this episode on March 10th, which just happens to be our 15th episode. Um, kind of feels like maybe we've done a lot more than that, considering we did a lot with the bubble and we just started counting our episodes basically whenever we restarted. But, you know, our mission and goal here at the Ballroom Pod is to provide an in-depth analysis and coverage of your favorite, you know, and maybe your not-so-favorite NBA players and college players. Um, while bringing you the most important information you need to know about Archie Miller and the Indiana Hoosiers, even though as of right now, there's not a lot of important information going on with that team. Uh, if you enjoy this episode, be a friend and tell a friend, you know, walking down the street, just shout out, you know, listen to the ballroom podcast, maybe hold a sign ballroom podcast, anywhere you listen to anywhere you listen. Um, but if you didn't, if you don't enjoy it, just go ahead and act like you never even listened to it in the first place and give us a try again next week. This week it's short staffed. It's just, just me and Sean. It's the, it's, you know, it's the people who started this podcast. Actually, it's just me and Sean. Yeah, on a Twitter DM. On a Twitter DM, it all became a dream. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I actually had someone text me today asking what our podcast name was, so I sent him the link. So we're go. growing. We're getting we out there. Hey, it, only, it only takes one share. One share could be the start of something great. Since, uh, since, since, we, since we last had a podcast, I know, I know we're missing – missing Nathan and we're missing Will. Um, but we had a pretty cool all-star weekend. I mean, it was something that was pretty different. They had everything on the first, they had everything on just on one day. There was no, you know, Saturday dunk contest, three point contest skills challenge in the all-star game on Sunday. Everything was on Sunday. Did you, did you like that format? How they had everything on one day? I kind of did. I mean, as much as I love the dunk contest, I can't say that it really carries the same weight that it's going to bring in all those numbers on one night on its own, but this kind of just flowed together. I mean, while they were doing the skills challenge, you could see like players were warming up, like three point contest kind of just came and went. Uh, three point contest was probably my favorite part, honestly, just because that was insanely hyped the way it was finished. Yeah. We'll get it. We'll get into our favorite moments here, here and actually in, in the next subject. Uh, but as far as the day, I thought it was pretty cool. Actually, I was watching it with my girlfriend and her family. And I turned around and looked at her dad, and I was like, I think this might be the way they do it moving forward. I mean, there's no reason to have it. I mean, I guess ratings or, or whatever, but in my opinion, why not just have it all in one day like that and, you know, spend three, four hours just watching cool, entertaining things and then get a basketball game that always goes to a good cause uh, with the money raised. But like you said, basketball, or the three-point contest was your favorite moment, right? uh yeah the ending of it that last shot I just remember watching it and I was like counting the balls in my head and I was like he needs to make this many right and I counted it down I was like one more <laughs> one more on the last shot come on yeah uh we were gonna talk later about Steph's dominance but we might as well just get into it because I mean 31 points that is a that is an, a record for uh points in a round it was held by Devin Booker the year before he scored 28 Steph put up 31 now, for all those people who do bet, uh, on FanDuel that night, there was a, a first-round bet for Steph Curry to hit over 24-and-a-half. I hammered it. Won me about 35 bucks. I mean, that they should they should make the trophy – they should call the trophy. I know he doesn't have the most, like, three-point award-winning, like, performances, but he's the greatest shooter of all time. I don't think I'm wrong when I say that. No. I don't think you're going to get much debate from anybody anymore. Why not make the why not make the award like what the trophy that you get? Why not name it the Steph Curry three point championship trophy? And then when he wins it next year, Steph Curry can win the Steph Curry three point competition championship. That'd be pretty funny. 
obviously it won't happen. I don't even – is there even a name for it, or they just get a trophy and say you won? I think that's, they just give a trophy, but it'd be way better. Like, you could make the dunk contest the Vince Carter trophy because, I mean – Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a ton of people it could go to, right? I mean, you can name it – I mean – Can't give it to Aaron Gordon, though. Yeah, can't name one. it Aaron Gordon. Cannot name it the Aaron Gordon Dunk Competition Championship trophy. No, you cannot. But I, I would have to agree with you. I think the three-point contest – now, I – I'm, I will always be a fan of the game. I know some people think that the game has taken a turn for the worst over the last decade, but also you ask people, you know, you look at the last three or four years since I started doing the draft, people would say that it's been more competitive because um, it's not just East versus West anymore. And you get a, you get a different aspect of everything. Um, but I would have to agree with you. I think the three point contest has turned into my favorite part of the entire weekend. Um, and when you, Hopefully next year everyone's healthy and we can get, you know, like Devin Booker, Joe Harris, Clay Thompson, Steph, maybe one more year where they're all in it. I know they were they were last year, right? When Joe won. I think they were all four in it. Or maybe maybe Clay wasn't. Clay wasn't, but man, God, I can't, can't wait to have Clay Thompson back. Oh, yeah, I know. It was cool of Steph to win that trophy and then shout out Clay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for every good moment that there was for the the weekend we we also have to have our least favorite moments even if even if it is a good thing there still has to be a least favorite moment uh what was that for you i think i have a feeling of where this is going oh do you because i think you're pretty much related you're pretty much related to the bad idea just because it was all about anthony simmons making me swallow my words Uh, (laughs) that dude has bunnies i literally had it run in the back of my head you just sang that on repeat Anthony Simmons got bunnies, and I was I like, told you. "You do have bunnies." <laughs> Listen, I was most uh, obviously I know what Obi did last year at, at Dayton. He, you know, had the most dunks in college basketball. But I followed Anthony and Cassius throughout high school since they were probably freshmen or sophomores. First of all, Cassius got robbed on his first dunk. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think the judges now. Listen, all those judges were dunk contest champion winners in their own rights, but I don't think they understand the difficulty of that dunk. He jumped off his left foot, scissored his legs, went between the legs, and dunked it with his offhand. Like, I, just saying that, like, when you think about it, you're like, that's difficult. <laughs> and he got a 44. I don't know. I, and, then, and then he got a 44, and I was like, okay, maybe the judges are going to be that way with everybody. And then Obi does a dunk that, that Zach Levine did in warm-ups last week, and he got a 48 on it. And I don't know. I don't know. But, no, I told you, Anthony Simmons. That's, that was the that – and then Dwayne Wade picked him to win at the very beginning of everything. But actually, you know what? Thinking about it, go ahead, actually. What were you going to say? Finish your thought. Uh, I mean, I stand corrected. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I'm totally fine with being wrong for once. I think it was cool kind of just seeing afterwards, like, just for a lot of the younger players, it seems like the All-Star game is a big chance for them to meet a lot of these star players. Like, Obi was talking, he's like, LeBron knows my name. Like, yeah. my day is made. I don't need anything else today. So, my least favorite moment – not. I was going to say the dunk contest, but I feel like that was a lot of people's. My least favorite moment wasn't the skills competition as a whole. It was the performance of Chris Paul and Luka Doncic in the skills competition. Luka looked like Luka was like walking and like, I get it. I I, listen, I get it. A lot of them didn't want to be there, but you're there. You might as well. I mean, there was no way Demonis Sabonis should have won that skills competition. I love Domas. We're from Indiana. We love Domas, but I'm just saying. Luca and Chris Paul should have been in the finals. Like, there's no reason that they shouldn't have been. I thought, no, I thought, Chris, totally right. I thought Chris Paul was going to go out there and give it his all because right before he was being interviewed by Shaq, and Shaq said, "If you win, I'll put 25 grand towards whatever charity you want." So I thought Chris Paul was going to go out there and perform, and he missed his layup. 
What's... I don't know. I mean, it's it's all in good fun, but like, I still wish they would have maybe went out there and tried a little harder in the skills competition. He was talking about missing a layup in a previous one in that same interview too, and then he yeah. went out there and missed another layup. Yeah, I know it was crazy. Now this isn't something that we had on the on the rundown here, what we were going to talk about, but we mentioned the dunk contest, right? They had it at halftime. It was the quickest dunk contest that there's ever been. Um, and in the last couple of years, probably the last five to 10 years, people started to notice that the dunk contest isn't what it used to be, right? So do you, in your mind, just off the top of your head, have anything that you can think of as to like what would maybe fix the dunk contest? Uh, I say don't fix the dunk contest. I say replace it with the one-on-one tournament because that's what I've wanted for so long. Listen, I think that is a great idea. I think that is if not the only reason that it won't happen is because they don't want injuries. But who's to say some? I mean, not, who's to say someone can't go out there and try and miss a dunk and get injured? You know what I mean? And hopefully mm-hmm. it never happens, and I don't think it ever has. But I think replacing it with a skill or another one-on-one or another different type of skills competition like that maybe. But I think if you're gonna change, if you're gonna ch- if you're gonna change it to try and make it better, let's say they keep it right. Mm-hmm. I think what you have to do is you have to have at minimum like six people in it you can't have three people in it because people want to see more dunks right i remember i was watching hi, uh highlights of like recent dunk contests throughout the last few years and there was a dunk contest where it was uh terrence ross paul george john wall glenn robinson uh and they did it they did a team dunk but like it started off and it was three on three so like it, it, people, I mean, if you listen to this, I mean, you can look it up afterwards. I don't really, can't really explain it very well because it, it would only happen one time, but like it was three on three and one team got like an entire minute and a half to just put on a dunk show. Like they had a minute and a half to just go do dunks. And then whoever, whoever's team won, those three moved on. And then it became a one-on-one-on-one where you were dunking against the people that were on your team. I don't know. It just becomes a little more interesting with the more people you have in it. And it wouldn't hurt. I know veterans don't want to be in it but it wouldn't hurt to get people who aren't necessarily no name rookies. And I I know like Ovi's not no name. He was a lottery pick and Cassius, if you've watched him, isn't, you know, no name. And Anthony's been in the league for a couple of years now, but I mean, people would love to see, people would love to see other people. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. Yeah. People would love to see, you know, other people in the dunk contest that aren't necessarily rookies. Yeah, I mean, just give us Zion once. Give us Zion in one dunk contest, and that will instantly be the highest rated one. Yeah, but did you did you see the the interview with JJ Redick? What Zion said about the dunk contest? No, what did he say? They asked him to be in it, and he said no. And JJ was like, "All right, so if LeBron James randomly right before halftime says, you know what, I'm gonna do a dunk contest, what would you say?" And he was like, "The only way I would do the dunk contest is if that happened. LeBron has to do it in order for me to do it." Which won't ever happen, honestly. But who's – I mean, dude, LeBron can go out there and probably win it right now. Yeah. I mean, he's been, like, the one of the most exciting dunkers in the league since he's been in the league. Yeah. No, if, I mean, obviously I'm kidding. LeBron can't do those dunks that those kids were doing. What if uh, the year Bronny comes in the league, LeBron just tosses it up there one more time? It was funny. Uh, so, Sean and I are in a class together, and there was this kid. We, we, we were uh, in studio today doing a recording, and uh, there was this kid today, and he, we were talking about LeBron and – you know, what his, what the, what his future holds. And this kid goes, well, he's definitely going to stay to play with Bronny and whatever team he signs, whatever team Bronny gets uh, drafted by, he's going to sign to them, going to throw one lob pass and retire at halftime. And then just, and then just be out of there. It was funny. Uh, that would be the greatest ending 
ever. <laughs> yeah, that, that would that would be. I mean, it would be talked about literally for decades. Ever. Like it's like ever. In my opinion, the greatest player of all time. In other in others' opinion, like you know maybe two top five for sure. Just retiring halftime of a game after throwing a lob to his son. That'd be hilarious. So be what were you gonna say? It would be better if that was like for the all-time record. And <laughs> he just waited. <laughs> and then he just waved goodbye. Just walked out, untied his shoes. No, but you know, back to the all-star game. Uh the game itself was cool, right? I don't think anybody would be uh, against just watching Damian Lillard and Steph Curry throw up half court shots for three hours. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how much the game has changed? Oh, it's like that. How like it's more entertaining to watch people shoot from half court than it is to watch people try and dunk to the legs. Because you know that they're going to make it Dude, like crazy. more often than not. Yeah. Like Dame went like three for four or two for four from half court. Like he hit the game winner and then he hit the one right before Steph hit a half court shot. Yeah. It was absurd. It was the fact that they're on the same team too. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of someone who was on their team, we'd be remiss to not talk about Giannis. I mean, he was the final the finals. He was the all-star game MVP three for three from three. Speaking of people who were shooting threes, uh, banked in two of them. <laughs> uh, was 16 for 16 from the floor. Literally didn't miss. Our, uh, our one of our co-hosts, Will Fowdy, was getting a little heated on, on our group message because he is a obviously you guys know a Steph Curry uh, lover and um, wanted Steph to win the MVP. But how can you not give it to Giannis when he goes sixteen for sixteen? In my opinion, he deserved it. Oh yeah, I mean, did you hear him mic'd up too? Like how excited he was about every three that was going yeah, in. Yeah. I mean, you could. I mean, even if he even if he wasn't mic'd up, you could just you could just see it on his face, like when they were showing replays. It was cool. It was, and I mean, you look at those rosters. I mean, my goodness, how could Team LeBron not win? Is LeBron, Jokic, Giannis, Steph, and who else started? Uh, you said Giannis, LeBron, Jokic, Doncic, and Steph. I, yeah, I didn't say I didn't say Luca. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. Crazy. I mean, it's definitely a, a All Star weekend that we're going to remember, just given the year that it's been. Um. But do you have any any last last things you want to touch on with the All Star game? I think my favorite stat from this whole game, where like everybody was dropping twenty points, Whoa. except for LeBron getting four, but <laughs> like thirteen minutes. I know, but like Chris Paul's stat line is just so ridiculous because he had more rebounds than he had points, but he also had sixteen assists and only six points. Yeah, he was going for the record. I I don't know if he got the record. Actually, I remember them talking about it, but I wasn't. I think the record might have been 16 or 17. He probably what? got it and was like, I'm good. I'm yeah. like, I, I think actually he became the, the all-time leader assist in all-star games. I think he passed Magic with that with his last assist. Uh, Not bad. But with the, all-star, bad. With, with the all-star game gone and, and you know, already happened, we, we have to shift our focus to the second half of the season, right? Um, and there are, you know, there's so many storylines going into the second half of the season. There's, you know, Will the Jazz keep their momentum going? There's, will the Lakers jump up to back to the one seed? Does it even matter? We've seen LeBron do it in the past, where you know, in the but it has been in the East, bar none. But there's also, you know, the Nets just required a potential Hall of Famer. Uh, did they need it? No. Did they go out and get it? Yes. We're gonna save that one for last. I think that's I think that's what that's that's gonna be like the most interesting and long longest uh, topic we talk about when it comes to the second half of the season. Yeah. But just quickly. Do you think the Jazz will be able to keep this up? Honestly, yeah. I mean, I 
I don't know why. I just feel like the Jazz are pissed. They've been pissed this whole season. Mm-hmm. And when the team is pissed off, man, they just keep going. Yeah. They had three all-stars, but they were, like, the last picked out of the draft. So, yeah. like, even when you're winning, you're losing. Uh, I don't know. I think Donovan Mitchell's pissed. If they if they don't – if they do make the Western Conference Finals, I would not be surprised. You see – That's looking far in the future, but, like, I don't know, man. I, want, I so bad. I, I, I want the Jazz to succeed because I really do like Donovan Mitchell, and I love the fact that he carries that chip on his shoulder. Um but I just can't see them being successful in a seven game series where people can game plan against what they do. I mean, Rudy Gobert is, he's no offensive threat. Literally all he does, he's a pick and roll machine, catches lobs, gets second chance points, but you're not going to see him catch the ball in the post and try and back someone down. Right now on defense, see where, where I think this team succeeds the most is on the defensive side of the ball. I think they're, they are the epitome of defense turning into offense. Now I, I get, you have Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench and providing a spark of offense. Obviously you have Donovan Mitchell, but I don't know. I mean, it sounds dumb to say that they probably that they won't keep this going because what they went on like a 20 out of 21 game streak where they won. But like, I don't know. I guess it's one of those things where I won't believe that they can do it until they kind of go out there and do it. But again, I won't be mad if I'm wrong. No. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't match their total wins from the first half. Yeah. Of the I mean, that'd be kind of hard. Right. Yeah, They yeah. had a pretty baller first half. Right. Yeah. So, but, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, I'm, we're getting close to that subject of, you know, and I just, I have this thought in my mind that I'm, I'm just holding for that. All right, well, hold, hold that without we'll, 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 one more topic before we get there. So, I mentioned, you know, LeBron not needing to be a one seed by the time he gets to the playoffs in order to, you know, flip that switch that we've seen LeBron and his Cavalier teams do in the past couple of years. And even the Lakers, I guess, last year, even though they were the one seed. Or were they one? They were the one seed last year, I'm pretty sure. Maybe the, maybe the Clippers were, I'm not positive, not positive without looking, but does it, do, do you think the Lakers will back, will jump back into the one seed? This is something that we talked about maybe in our class a little bit this year yeah. and, or the today. Uh, and do you think it really matters? Uh, no to both. I don't think they're going to climb back to the one seed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that team is going to take no time in rushing Anthony Davis back onto that floor. It doesn't matter how far they people are like get worried or start writing articles about how the sons of the next Lakers yeah. uh they're gonna wait for him to come back and then when he comes back <laughs> we've seen what happens right it's gonna yeah, be I, as, as usual but Achilles is something you don't play around with at yeah, all exactly I mean we've seen a bunch of superstars within the last two seasons go down I mean KD Clay and then you definitely don't want to see AD turn into, into into that level of an injury, right? Like, and that's just if you rush back, like we saw with KD, it can definitely happen. So they de- and and it almost knock on wood. And I'm glad it didn't. But like when he came back a little early, and then he re 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 aggravated it. People were fearing that that's what it was, um, but it wasn't. Thankfully, um, do I think the Lakers can jump back into the one seat? I do think they can. Um, I mean. They were three and seven in the last 10 games before jumping into the all-star break. A break probably couldn't have came at any better time. Um, I will say six of those losses came without Dennis Schroeder. And whenever he came back, he definitely provided a boost of confidence for that team. Let LeBron play off the ball a lot more, not having to be the, the, you know, the point guard. Um, But do I think they will? I don't, but can they? Absolutely. Um, 
again, like you said, it all kind of matters on when AD gets back, but obviously there's no rush there. But the question, it doesn't matter. I mean, we have seen it in the past, right? LeBron gets a four seed in the East, faces off against whatever seed, then goes against – I mean, I think loses one game in the whole playoffs in 2016. I think, in my opinion, had his best playoff run in his career in 2016 when he wasn't a one seed. It doesn't matter, folks. I know it's year 18. You guys know I'm a big LeBron fan, but, I, I mean, I think even you can say it probably doesn't matter. No, dude. I mean, he's done it to the whole league year after year where people are like, we're the new kings of the East. And then they just get decimated. Right. Hawks had, what, four or five All-Stars one year, and they were like, we're legit. This is it. <laughs> and then they just lost in, like, the second round. <laughs> but I don't know. I I, I don't think it matters either. He's going to he's gonna switch it on when he gets to the playoffs, too, anyway. It doesn't matter where he's at in that seating. Yeah, right. There's always, there's always that, that flip or that switch that not only him, but his whole team kind of seems to be able to do for whatever reason. Um, mm-hmm. But, but let's jump into that, into that final, that final topic of moving on. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you got to say? I do have one thing I wanted to bring up first, just because I kind of thought about it like just now. Yeah. Talking about the second half of the season, you know, who's somebody we haven't like talked about in a long time that maybe returns in the second half of the season. Mm, East or West? East hometown team. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, traded from uh, traded from Brooklyn. Yeah, we haven't seen him in action at all. No, we haven't, and and he has been practicing with the team. They, mm-hmm. they have been discussing that he and he's traveling with the team now. You know how bad that Pacers team needs his scoring out there. Yeah, and the, and the Pacers. I mean, the Pacers need Levert bad. They could they could use any help at this point. I mean, they they started off the season hot and then kind of fell off in the second half of the first half. Second half of the first half of the season. That sounds weird, but. Um, yeah, Karis LeVert, it, and dude, we saw what he did whenever Kyrie and KD weren't healthy. He's he's capable of putting up 50-point performances. I remember watching his game last year against the Celtics where he put up 50. Yeah, dude, when he was going in the bubble and people were like, he's nasty, just be careful. <laughs> All right, let's get into this this last topic that I know you've been wanting to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I have been. <laughs> the The four-headed – I put for those who aren't watching and we don't post the videos of these, but I have air quotes around four headed dragon because I'll get into it after Sean, but just know there's air quotes. And I'll explain that here in a little bit about this new four headed dragon out of the, out of Brooklyn. I just, I just want to go back to your comment earlier about Blake Griffin being a potential hall of famer. Cause I don't think he's a potential hall of famer. Okay. So before I get into that, or before I get into my, my air quotes on the four-headed dragon, right, you have to look at this. I'm, I, have his, I have his career stats pulled up. He's averaged 21 points in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 13 years. He's averaged 21.4 points, uh, a half of a block, uh, 0.9 steals, 4.4 assists, and almost nine rebounds. So you're looking at you're looking at 21, nine, and four. Uh, he's never never made it to the finals. Never made it past obviously the Western Conference Finals with with uh, with the Clippers whenever he was there. The last four maybe five years of his career, he's been injury prone. Um, hasn't dunked in a game since 2019. I know people love that stat, but it is what it is. It 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 will definitely be a conversation. He'll be one of those players where it's like. 
half of the people think he should based off of his stats. And the other people are like, well, he didn't do anything in the league. He never won. I don't know. I, I, I just I, honestly, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest with you, I saw it on ESPN this morning and they were like, they had a future potential hall of famer. So that's why I said it. I don't necessarily yeah. believe it either. Um, but go ahead. If, if there's more you want to say about that. No, no, no. I'll go ahead. I mean, that was just sitting with me because I heard that earlier today too. And I was like, man, I mean, I like Blake Griffin, but like, I don't mean, I'm not crazy about him. Right. But so, so I don't think this is, I don't think this is going to help them nearly as much as people think. I, when he was, was he with Lob City? Loved Blake, right? And, th- and then he gets traded to Detroit. He's been there for the last four seasons. The first season he was there, he played 25 games. Second season he was there, he played 75. All right, so he did a pretty good job. Third season he was there, he played 18. And this year he's played 20. So you look in three full seasons, he hasn't even played one season's worth of games. And that is why this trade doesn't, doesn't peak my uh, – it doesn't make me worry about Brooklyn anymore that no don't get me wrong I'm I am fearing Brooklyn in the east as a Laker fan I know that they are the team that I need to that the Lakers are they're watching right but I don't know I just feel like what 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 can he add to it anybody if it doesn't matter who you are if you are injury prone you're not going to be able to add that much to a team right I know his, his weight lo- or his workload's not going to be the same um, he's not going to get the shots, same shots. You know what I mean? I mean, you're on a team with KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Um, I don't know. I just feel like someone who's that injury prone doesn't really make that big of a difference. Isn't that kind of Brooklyn's MO this season, though? They'll bring in huge stars that, like, some play at a time and some don't, so they, they always have, like, two all-stars in their roster. Yeah, I I guess. it's, But it's just like I was talking to Will about this last two nights ago. Um, and he, he laughed at me. This is, this is a hot take. I know this isn't gonna, this isn't, you're, not a lot of people are going to agree with this, but in my opinion, this is without seeing Blake Griffin play a single, a single second for that team. I think Jeff green is more valuable to them than Blake Griffin is. I think Jeff green stretches the floor more. I think he's more versatile attacking the rim. He doesn't necessarily play with his back to the basket. I think he's a better defender. I just, and he's not injury prone. I don't know. It makes sense, I guess, if you explain it all out like that, but I just don't think – I just don't know if this is the best trade for them. I, or sign – I guess they just signed him, right? He didn't. They didn't trade for him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's just going to be one of those things you have to kind of wait and see how it works out. But at this point, without seeing anything, I don't know how it works. I mean, when you explain it out like that, it does make sense. That statement on its own right. sounds absolutely absurd. Oh, yeah. A hot take for a reason, right? That's, what, that's, why, that's why they get described as those. But, I mean, I don't know. Something about Brooklyn just makes me feel like everybody that's going there is going there to play some of their best ball in a while. And you saying that Blake Griffin has been in the league for 13 seasons just blew my mind for a second. But Well, it's, it, well, it's 12, but... Still. Yeah. So, he's eight seasons with the Clippers, and he's, he's just... This was his fourth season with Detroit. Yeah. Right? And I didn't see this, but at the very bottom of this page that I'm looking at, so four seasons, what's 82 times 24, right? That's how many games he should have played. 328 games is what he potentially could have played. I mean, he only only one time in his career that he ever played 82 games, and that was his second year in the league. 
Um, technically, this is his 13th year, but he never he didn't play in his rookie year, so they, yeah. they're counting it as his as his 12th. Um, but 328 games he could have played. He's only played 138. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think he's not. I kind of agree with you. I don't think he's going to be like. He's obviously not as much of a headline as any of the other three in the town. But I think the biggest thing they kind of brought him in for, you mentioned Jeff Green being able to space the floor better, but when I've been watching him play, the fact that he doesn't dunk, he spent so much time getting that shot down from Mm -hmm. outside. I'm interested to see how that's going to work and see if they're going to keep him more on the arc or if they're just going to use him inside and be like, hey, we traded all our big men away to Cleveland. Uh, Get in the paint, grab a few boards. So, so to that point, I, I, I don't mean to keep throwing stats out. I know stats aren't what people want to listen to. But when you talk about three-point percentage, right, this year he was shooting 31.5% from three on six attempts, which, which looking at that's crazy because you look at his first five years in the league, six years. His first six years in the league, he never averaged more than one attempt. And then it goes from – it jumps from 1.9 to 5.6 – the most he's ever averaged was his second year in Detroit. He averaged seven attempts. So his four years in Detroit, he shot 34.8%, 36.2%. Last year, 24.3%, and then 31.5%. So, I mean, first position, above average, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, taking six attempts, that's a lot for his – I don't know. I mean, as a four, as a small five, that's a, it's a good amount of threes. Um, but definitely someone who could stretch the floor but has those has those times where – you know, 24.3%. That's not good at all. After all the smack we're talking about, Blake Griffin, he's going to dunk in his first game in Brooklyn. He's going to go out there first game, have like 35 and 12, hit a game winner maybe. I don't know. Lob from Kyrie, just dunk on the first play, and everyone's like, it's over. <laughs> he, it's everywhere on Sports Center. He's back. <laughs> that type of stuff. No, I don't. Listen, I, I like I said, I like Blake Griffin. I don't like the fact that he went to the Nets, but I hope it works for him because he has, he, I mean, it, I think it's, you couldn't, you can't really argue the fact he might be one of the biggest superstars in the last five years to fall off. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went from must see TV to can't stay on the floor consistently. I don't know. I hope it works out. Well, it's just going to be one of those things we have to, we have to kind of see and see how it goes, but is there anything else, you know, when looking at the second half of the season that you're anticipating or that you want to talk about before we move on to IU basketball? I feel bad for saying this, but I totally feel like the Knicks still aren't going to make the playoffs. The Knicks? <laughs> no, nah, I feel like they're still going to fall off. I, like, I, I just don't know. Something about New York always just has that bad aura that makes me feel like they're sitting at a five. They're sitting at a, what, a five seed with a 19 and 18 record. Yeah. Something about that just doesn't bode well with me. Well, you got to look at the conference they're in, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole, what, four through, I think, 11 is decided by, like, four day indifference. That's it's- true. Yeah, it'll be interesting. To, but I will say something. They made a really big accusation. Not big because he's not going to have that much. He's not going to be your MVP of the team. But, but bringing in Derrick Rose, I think, was kind of huge for them. He's a, he's a, he's a great leader on the floor. Um, and I think he's just like a, a vet that people are going to look to, you know, I think he, I think he's going to bring not the Chris, the Chris Paul presence that he brings, but I think he, he, he can, you know, maybe be that for the Knicks at a lesser, a lesser extent, but 
I don't know, man. Playoffs is a stretch when talking about the Knicks. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. I would be so happy for them, but then again, part of me just knows they would lose in the first round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they would have to probably be like a four seed to, to win the first round. Unless Julius Randle decides I'm going to put the team in my backpack, lead us in every stat. Have I was going to say, he kind of has been. Yeah, he's going to have his LeBron run. He's just going to carry him. Right. Um, I was one thing I will talk. We will, we can touch touch on really quick. Uh, Joel Embiid, in the eyes of all of the sports books, just passed up LeBron as the favorite to win MVP. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's a lot of ball left. They are the one. They're the two seed in the East right now. Um, Joel is he would be the first big man to win it since Shaq. So I think get to go all the way back to like two thousand two, two thousand one, maybe when he played for the Lakers. Um, but one of those things you're gonna have to just kind of wait and see. Like I said, IU basketball, we have a game Thursday, the 11th at 5 30 in Indianapolis against Rutgers. We are 0 2 against Rutgers this year. Haven't won a game. Last time we played them, got up by 15 in the first 10 minutes, end up losing the game by 15. It's been that kind of season for IU when looking back at it, the men's team. Um, Sean, I, I'm just gonna ask: Are we gonna win tomorrow, dude? I are, hope so. <laughs> are we gonna Are we gonna lose our first game of the Big Ten tournament? We got We got We got to buy. We, we didn't play Wednesday. We We get to play Thursday against Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Right Right now, FanDuel has it as a pick'em game. Um, so it doesn't. I, but and I will say, ESPN has it as, at a 53 percent chance of winning the game. So we're favored to win the game for whatever reason. I don't know yeah, why. Maybe, why. Maybe because the game is in Indy. I I have no idea. We haven't beaten Rutgers once this year. We lost to him at home. We lost to him in New York. I don't know. I don't know why both, we were favored. They're both ugly losses, too, because in both games, it was like us being close and then just dropping the ball in the second half. Yeah. I Listen, it, it's talking about IU basketball has kind of been – it's kind of turned into us bashing them and then us saying, well, we don't hope they lose, but, but it's just kind of come to that – you know, it's just like – it's one of those things where you you hope for the best, but you expect the worst. I think that's kind of like the thing that like that's like the motto for when looking at IU basketball this year, right? That hangs in Archie Miller's locker room. <laughs> <laughs> it's hope for the best, but expect the worst. <laughs> oh man, I what needs to happen? Okay, let's move on to this. What needs to happen tomorrow in order for IU to win? Uh, man, if we could stop Geo Baker for one time, that we play Rutgers. That would be probably the biggest thing for us ever. But also, I mean, you know why we got up early in against Rutgers. Same thing happened against Michigan State. We ran our two-way offense great. We were killing it in the fast breaks. We were running our offense along the post or along the baseline, which always works for us, and then we go away from it, which I don't understand. Yeah, If we could run the baseline and we could have Trace – create on his own without just having to force shots up they could easily win that game yeah i mean so you mentioned geo baker and it's gonna be really hard to i mean you can't stop him it's kind of one of the and ron harper jr it's kind of like you can't stop him you can only hope to contain him type of things um but when you mentioned trace jackson davis in a game against rutgers and i've had this fear going into both rutgers games this year rutgers has a player by the name I don't want to get this wrong. They have a player by the name of Miles Johnson. And you're, you might think of him and you're like, 
Okay, it's not Ron Harbor Jr. If you if you don't if you're not a fan of the Big Ten, it's, it's not Ron Harbor Jr. It's not you know it's not it's not the person who's scoring all the points, right? He only averages eight points. He averages eight point six rebounds. And versus Indiana, he averages six blocks in two games. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, six six blocks in two games. Um, that's disgusting, <laughs> yeah. dude. I I don't I don't understand. He's shooting. Okay. Oh my gosh, he's averaging nine points against Indiana, five assists, nine rebounds, and six blocks. Nine, nine, and six is what he's averaging. If you are Trace Jackson Davis, if you can go back to when we played them on this, on February 18th or whatever it was. I said, if you are Trace Jackson Davis, you are faster than this man. You are not as tall as him, and he can defend you when you have his, when you have your back to him. You have to catch the ball on the wing, and you have to rip, use your athleticism, and go right by him. There's no reason that you need to try and back him down and force shots up. Oh, man, gotcha. trying to get blocked six times a game. No, no Armand Franklin, Race Thompson's beat up. Why the hell are we favored to win this game? Bro, Race is Ben getting beaten up. He's had that face mask, and they keep elbowing him in the face. And I'm like, give the man a break. Yeah. Archie Miller in his press conference said that Armand Franklin was farther along in his recovery than Race, but Race was going to give it a chance and play tomorrow. But they're holding out Armand. But that is what I love about Race, right? Yeah, he's tough. He is tough. But what makes me think that he might be out of here after the year. Just because he wants to give it this last run, he wants to give it all he got. And the game or the interview, the press conference, I should say, before we played Purdue, Rob said, "You know, it's big that we try and get this win against Purdue for players like Al and Race." So it makes me think that maybe Race has been talking to people about maybe he's not coming back next year. You know what I mean? Which, whatever, I I, I would respect it. What I think it's the best decision. Maybe not. I don't. I don't necessarily see him as an NBA type player. Maybe it's a transfer situation. Who knows? But who I don't know. The, who said that in the press conference? Rob Finnessy. You might need to run back that tape and just check his like eye reaction after <laughs> saying Race's name and be like, uh, oh, <laughs> he, he, he winked right afterwards. No, but I. I don't. Uh, forgive me, but I forget what you just said. What you said? We need to. We need to run the half court offense well. Maybe run the baseline uh, offense and let Trace maybe create inside out instead of forcing up shots, right? Yep. What what needs to, what does Christian Lander need to do in this game? Honestly, for as much as it hurts watching a player miss shots, I've been so happy seeing Christian actually playing these last few games, playing mm-hmm. real minutes. And it's not like the kind of shots he was putting up earlier in the year where if he put up a three, I'm like, it's either going in it's or, or it's an air ball. It's right. neither. one or the other. Now he's missing and hitting the rim at least. Like he's getting <laughs> more confident. You can see it. Yeah. That's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, Oh, you stink, but just not as bad. <laughs> yeah. No. But I mean, Christian, no. I think Christian runs the baseline offense better than anybody. I think when him and his teammates are on the same page, he's the best passer on the team. Oh Yeah. He's, in, he's incredible with his bounce passes. He can thread the needle. Half the time, his turnovers are literally just his teammates not understanding that he could see a floor better than they could. Listen, I think I think a lot of people, including myself, had the expectation that he was going to maybe come in as a freshman, average 10 points as a freshman. But I, th- I think he shocked a lot of people with his ability to, to find his teammates. Um, so I agree with you. I think 
there are times where he's been our best passer, um, especially with Armand out. I think he is our most, I don't know what the right word is. When he has the ball, when watching it for, as a fan, he's the scariest person on our team when he has the ball in his hands. He's our shiftiest player with the ball. He has the ability to, I think he's the only player on our team other than Armand when he's healthy, maybe Rob when he's having a good game that can go get a bucket when we have like seven seconds in the shot clock. He mm-hmm. can break down any defender. He's so fast with the ball. He has the ability to create space. And when he builds that confidence, he gets a little bit stronger. He's going to knock down those shots. Yeah. I mean, you've seen how many times it's been close where it's like, I think I can think of three separate occasions off the top of my head where he gets like a nice lob or a nice move and he's right at the basket going for a layup and just smoked it. Yep. And I'm like, everything was perfect until the end. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, it's like a freshman thing though, right? No, that's the thing. He's, as it's gotten better, I mean, I was watching, I think we were playing Michigan State and he missed a layup and I was like, well, there it is again. And then the next time down, he comes down, takes it on his non-dominant hand while getting fouled and lays it in. And I was like, that's exactly what I want from you all the time. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe we're a little remiss to say that everything was going to happen so fast for, for him. I mean, he did skip his senior year. Yeah. But being a five-star recruit, I think a lot of people from the outside who don't necessarily know that he missed his senior year of high school, they just see five-star recruit and they think, okay, you're coming to Indiana. You have to be dominant as soon as you get here. Like Romeo, you're here. You're averaging 18 as a freshman, right? But it's not going to be that way with everybody. Um, he will develop. He will get stronger. He will become an all, an all Big Ten point guard. He will be that dude as long as he can stick it out. And I, and I know that doesn't, that, that him, you know, transferring or that, that doesn't, that doesn't fear. I don't fear that at all because I think he knows that if he can stick it out, he will be all big 10. Yeah, dude. I if mean, not the oh, best man. Point guard in the big 10 by his junior, senior year. You've seen what the IU weight room can do. Look at what happened to Jawan and race. Those right. boys came out. They were a little string bean poles looking <laughs> like me coming in here and they left and they were like, I'm going to shake your hand because I have to respect you as a giant individual now. All right. We've talked, yeah. we've talked a lot. We've gone off topic a little bit about the whole Rutgers game that is tomorrow. And I think, I think it might be because both deep down, we know that tomorrow might be, by, might be the end of our season. So we're looking back at, you know, what we've seen this year and what we're excited for to see in the future. Again, we do not want to, them to lose this game tomorrow. We, we want to go out and win by 50, right? We're just, we are just preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best. (laughs) But before we get out of the podcast, that that's the, that's going to be the title. The title is going to, of this podcast will be hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. Um, But before we get out of here tomorrow, five 30 in Indianapolis, IU takes on Rutgers. Sean, I need a score prediction and tell me who wins. You know what? I have bet against us enough times this year, and if I'm not getting any more chances, I'm betting on IU, and not even that, we're winning by 10. Whoa, we're going to win by double digits. 73 to 63. We're going to play like we did against Minnesota. Two solid halves. Can't say anything past that and any further into the tournament, but we're going to get two solid halves tomorrow. Okay. What's the score? 73-63. You know who's dropping 20? You know who's dropping 20 that you aren't expecting? 
Du Christian Hader. <laughs> no, I wish. I, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> nah, Al Durham's dropping 20. I like that. I think, I think, as he should, you know, tomorrow could be his last game, right? Go out mm-hmm. there and play it like it's your last game because it very well could be. Um, same thing with players like Race if he is leaving. Same thing for players like Trace if he is declaring for the draft. This could be your last game. Go out and play like it is. Because, look, I wanted to also title this The Season's Not Over Yet because it's not. Let's be honest. This is the Big Ten, right? Do I think we're going to go make it all the way to the championship and win this whole damn thing? No. But could it happen? Absolutely. This is, the, this is the Big Ten. We've beaten the top teams in this conference, and we played Illinois great. We didn't play Ohio State great. We didn't play Michigan great. We beat Iowa twice. But who's to say we can't go out there, win four games in a row, punch our ticket to March Madness, and make some noise in the tournament? People thought Izzo wasn't making this, and it's looking like he's going to make it. I want to make it known Izzo is not Archie Miller. Archie Miller is not Tom Izzo. <laughs> no. No, but back to my point. Listen, Sean, I agree with you. I think it is so hard to beat a team three times in a row in the regular season or in, in the postseason of any sport. I think IU is going to go out tomorrow, and I agree with you. I think we're going to win by 10. I just got excited. I just got pumped for tomorrow's game. I can't wait. I think, I think Trace is going to go out there, and he's going to do exactly what we said. Catch the ball on the wing. Rip. Attack the basket. Al's going to have 20. Christian's going to have a good game. Just we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna play well. We're going to win. You know what? I'm looking at scores. 74 to 70 is the first game. We lost by four. Look at the second game. Where'd it go? 63 to 74, lost by 11. Both games, Rutgers has scored 74. If you're IU, the keys to victory, don't let them score 74, <laughs> right? Keep them, under, keep them under 65, and I think we have a great chance of winning this game. And it's going to happen. We're going to win. We're going to win 60. We're going to win 60 to 71. Okay, I like it. Mm-hmm. I have a special message. I'll tweet. I'll tweet Christian Lander about this later. But if Christian Lander drops twenty in this game, I will donate my hair tomorrow. Oh boy, you heard it here first. Sean has hair that's about. It's got to be at least eight inches because that's what it has to be to, to donate, right? Yeah, it's to the middle of my bag. I think it's closer to eleven now. Okay, you heard it here first. If Christian, if Christian goes out, has twenties that you said? Yeah, I'll tweet it. I'll tweet the episode at him to, as soon as it goes up. All right, just. We'll get we'll we'll get this episode get uh, out as soon as uh as soon as we're done recording. That way we can we can get it to him and uh let him let him listen to it. Um, Christian, if you do listen to this podcast, I want you to know, thank you for dropping forty on me when you were a freshman and I was at Terre Haute South. Uh, I'm your I I'm not your biggest fan. That makes me sound weird. Um, I, I I'm your biggest believer. I have always been a Christian Lander believer. You can listen to the rest of these podcasts, right? I've been the one to push you the hardest. I I am the I am the you know I am the biggest Christian Lander supporter. Um, but if you drop 20, bro, we got to win. If you drop 20, we win. You drop 20, my hair's gone. <laughs> but if you drop 20, the only thing we're losing is Sean's hair. I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. This has been episode 15 of the ballroom podcast. Thank you for listening. And one more time before we head out, we are always hoping for the worst, but preparing for the best. Thank you very much for listening. And we will talk to you next time.